It's Wednesday, January 27th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, Mr. Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We've got earnings. We've got restaurant earnings. We've got entertainment earnings. We're going to start with the behemoth that is Microsoft. Second quarter revenue from Microsoft grew 17%. And once again, sorry to sound like a broken record, but every quarter we say it because it's true. The Azure cloud business, getting it done and shares of Microsoft up this morning and hitting a new high. Yeah, and Azure getting it done uh, even a little bit better than one might have hoped for as the the growth, you point out, this is the sort of lead every month or every quarter uh, as to Azure's growth, but it's been trending down from very, very high levels and up 50% uh, year over year is a little bit better than the last two quarters, which are 47% and 48%. So uh, even if it were trend that it had over the last couple of years and only growing at like 45%, you'd still be thrilled. Uh, and, and yet it's growing even better than that. That's the, the lead. But you just look up and down the categories and it, it's just a, a, a sea of green in terms of uh, growth uh, division across division. Yeah, I mean, this, this is one of those quarters where it's like it's hard to see anything and just be like, eh, that's, you know, they got to work on that. Uh, search ads only up 2%, but that was better than uh, down uh, 10% and 18% over the previous two quarters. Uh, Windows OEM only up 1%. Uh, yeah, and, uh, everything was up, and most of the divisions were up uh, well more than that. Uh, so, you know, all adds up to, I think, 17% uh, total revenue growth and 33, 34% uh, net earnings growth. Uh, just an outstanding quarter. And sort of the lead uh, sentence uh, that Microsoft had in its press release in, in, on many other days would have sort of dominated the narrative for the day. Uh, Microsoft's earnings, of course, and, and the first sentence being, uh, and I'll quote uh, Satya Nadella here, what we have witnessed over the past year is the dawn of a second wave of digital transformation sweeping every company and every industry. And, you know, some companies are being swept away uh, by that, by this wave of digital transformation, but not Microsoft. It is uh, solidly in the right side of that wave. And a lot of other companies are going to be, I think, telling the same story uh, over the course of earnings season. Thank you for saying that, because I, I, when, you, when you read that, I thought, oh, that's the thing about sweeping. It kind of goes both ways. Yes. I mean, if you're doing it right, well, you can have a push broom, right? And then you're just kind of sweeping everything forward. But uh, no, it's, it's, it's uh, good news for Microsoft and companies that look a lot like Microsoft uh, and uh, we'll be talking about some today that are not looking quite as much like Microsoft and aren't, um, you know, not as digitally ensconced uh, as Microsoft. But uh, it's it's a thoroughly good quarter, and cloud services and Azure, uh, predictably enough, uh, the best parts of it. And as I said before, doing even better than than what one might have uh, been thinking they were going to do. The stock of the day is not GameStop. It is AMC Entertainment. Shares of the movie theater chain up more than 200% B 
because like we've seen recently with GameStop, short sellers are running for the exits. Uh, I have to believe at least a little bit of the impetus here is AMC Entertainment coming out earlier in the week and basically saying in terms of their financing, we've got enough money to get us through 2021. That being said, I don't think that statement alone accounts for the tripling of the stock that we're seeing this morning. No, for those that were listening, uh, I guess yesterday to your discussion with Jim Gillies about GameStop, uh, this is uh, today's chapter in that story, and or one of uh, the chapters today. And you say it's up two hundred percent. By the time people listen to this, it it could be down. You know, it it could be up six hundred percent. To you can put any number, and it's as good as any other number uh, in terms of how much this stock might be up at the end of the day because it's being controlled by forces which are not uh, predictable. And I think that, uh, although I think the list of companies, heavily shorted companies, small caps, uh, produces a set of stocks that you can look at and predict maybe this is going to be the thing that takes off today or this week, or, uh, and that's, that's been the case. Uh, you know, that, that is responsible for uh, 99 point some percent of today's move. And the news earlier on Monday uh, is, is less than 1%. I mean, it, it does, you know, that, that was covered by yesterday's uh, and, and Monday's stock action. So today it's, it's really uh, about the trading. It, uh, you know, I said this yesterday, it's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out. I, I, I'm not involved in either of these trades, GameStop, AMC Entertainment. I'm just sort of sitting back watching it all play out, curious to see how it ends. Um, it'd be amazing if some of the people who are, are benefiting from the rise of the stock actually decided, no, I'm, I'm in this for the next five years. That would be interesting to see. But um, my, my hunch is that that may not be the time frame that some of these buyers have in mind. Uh, no. And I think some of these companies that are on the ropes and that's why they are where they, they are in the, the, you know, the play, uh, the game is being played right now is because they are beaten down stocks. They are heavily shorted stocks, stocks that are shorted because the fundamentals of their business have attracted short sellers. Um, you know, whether the companies take advantage of these stock prices and getting out some secondaries and shoring up their financials, um, that is to be seen. Uh, there's, there's something to be said for taking advantage of that. And there's also, I'm sure, a lot of uh, legal analysis behind the scenes about whether they could be doing uh, anything wrong by taking advantage of what is, you know, this market mania uh, manufactured by things really beyond the, the fundamentals of the company. So I don't know if they'll uh, be able to take advantage in that way or not. That, that's one of the many interesting parts of the story that remain to be seen. By the way, um, we, we should mention, and you brought this up when we were chatting earlier today, we should mention just sticking with entertainment. AT&T came out with their second quarter report uh, and and one of the highlights of uh, you know 
profits and revenue higher than expected for AT&T. One of the highlights of the report was they did demonstrate some pretty nice subscriber growth for HBO Max, um, which, you know, is, is, is pretty great considering, as we've talked about before on this show, how awful they botched the rollout of, of HBO Max. So the fact that they're growing subscribers, um, uh, that, you know, well done. Uh, yes, we uh, danced upon that grave a little bit early. Uh, I think it was, I brought it up as one of sort of my uh, ideas for, you know, surprisingly uh, bad investments of, of 2020 was how badly they had been managed. Um, nevertheless, the content is there uh, in part due to now getting on the uh, Roku and Amazon Fire platforms uh more people are able to get on to HBO Max. I know that it, it was a struggle uh, before that. And th so simply being where people are going to use the services, uh, which is the devices such as Roku, uh, has dramatically enhanced their subscriber numbers. And at 37 million uh, HBO Max eligible subscribers, I think that's the number they came out with, uh, you know, you compare that 70, 75 million for Disney plus 200 million for, for Netflix. There's a lot of growth available still given the quality of the library there. So whether they achieve those levels uh, is going to, is going to be a function of how well they manage this going forward. If you look at the way that they are marketing the HBO max service right now, they are not overthinking it at all, which I think is the smart move. They are marketing it exactly the same way that Netflix is marketing its service in the same way that Disney Plus is marketing. It's, it's basically like, here's what we've got. Here's what's what, you know, is coming up later in 2021 and even, you know, sneak preview to 2022. So I think, I think they're being smart about it. It wouldn't surprise me to see this number go higher for AT&T, uh, you know, in a pretty significant way later in the year. But, you know, it comes down to execution. But they're, uh, again, for, for all the ways they bungled uh, the rollout of HBO Max by having, I think, by my count, four different services with the, that started with the letters HBO and four different price points and for, it was so convoluted so you know good on them that they were able to get to the number they're at right now it's try yeah, it's difficult you've got your diet hbo your hbo light your new hbo it's it's uh hbo zero yeah the consumer can't be blamed for not being able to keep track of all that nevertheless uh they, what what they have benefited from more than anything else is 20, 30 years of outstanding HBO branded uh, original content, uh, which is known uh, to just about everybody, plus a lot of, uh, you know, Warner Brothers stuff on, on top of that. So, uh, you know, now that they are where people want to find the service, uh, if it's as easy as clicking a couple of buttons, uh, HBO is going to deliver the experience uh that people are looking for right now, which is to be able to watch a lot of stuff at home. When it comes to Starbucks first quarter report, the good was outweighed by the bad profits were higher than expected for Starbucks, but revenue was light 
Same store sales in the U.S. fell 5%, and Chief Operating Officer Ross Brewer is leaving Starbucks to become the new CEO of Walgreens Boots Alliance. Uh, yeah, which, which did you say outweighed which, the good or the bad? I mean, it's a, it's a fair fight, especially if you're just looking at a one day's uh, stock movement, which is not... Really? Because I think, I think the bad outweighed the good on this one. And I think the fact that the stock is down nearly 7%, as you and I are talking right now, I think, I think the market agrees with me that when yeah. it comes to Starbucks today, just for today, the bad is outweighing the good. Yeah, the bad's outweighing the good. Uh, it's a loss of a, a key personnel. Of course, they, they've got a deep, deep bench there. So I don't uh, fear that they'll be unable to... Uh, have a talent rise to the occasion. Um, it's uh, good for uh, Walgreens. And yeah, people are not, I was at Starbucks this morning, uh, which is a bit of a rarity these days, which is the problem, right? Uh, it is far more rare to be going into a Starbucks than back when we were working in an office together and would find ourselves at a Starbucks mm, occasionally. You, you and I, you and I were known to, to get a cup of coffee at Starbucks here and there, here and uh, there, here and there. Uh, there's Starbucks coffee uh, in the uh, coffee machines in our office. Uh, and so I went in today and it was empty as it is supposed to be. People are not invited to hang out in Starbucks. They are to uh, take whatever they're getting and uh, get out quickly. So Starbucks has you know, it's not advertising this element of the experience right now as being the third place. Uh, because of course, right now, what people mostly have is the first place home. They don't have a second place office and certainly not a third place Starbucks. And to only be down 5% in that light uh, isn't too bad. China sales uh, where things are uh, ahead of uh, the U S in terms of uh, how, uh, you know, open things are. Uh, I think that uh, that was up 5%. So uh, that's, that's one good sign uh, outweighed by, you know, what is still uh, the story of the moment here in the U.S., which is people are not leaving their homes uh, to the degree that Starbucks needs them to. I'm glad you mentioned China because that, you know, it's Starbucks' second largest market. So uh, that's certainly um, a silver lining to the report that we saw. The average ticket sale um, being up in the U.S. despite overall comps being negative. I mean, I think I think that that's also um, a silver lining. And if that can continue, at, you know, three months from now, six months from now, if if they can continue to see a boost in the average ticket, and then you add in some higher traffic, you know, that's that's obviously the 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 golden combination that you want to see for any retail or restaurant business. Um, and and I hope you're right about um, Starbucks having a deep bench in the executive ranks. I I, uh, I don't have a great feel for who else is there. Um, I will say it's uh, you know Roz Brewer uh, as the chief operating officer, also a board member. I mean, she was one of those people that in addition, like when Howard Schultz stepped down and Kevin Johnson got elevated to CEO, I remember thinking, okay. They got Kevin Johnson. They got Ross Brewer. Okay, I, as a longtime Starbucks shareholder, I'm okay with this because those two people are there. One of those people is now gone. 
And by the way, shares of Walgreens hitting a 52-week high today because they made a great hire. So, um, but I, I, I hope you're right. I, like it's uh, not an easy act to follow. Not no. a horrible act to follow, but but whoever is the next chief operating officer at, at Starbucks, I hope they are every bit as good as Ross Brewer has been. Uh, Starbucks investors can hope uh, they may have to settle for something uh, not quite uh, at that level uh, because that's that's rarity. But uh, at, at any rate, I think that they have uh, access to uh, a lot of talent, both in-house and, and out. But I would expect a, to be an in-house uh, move. So, you know, longer term, yes, uh, people are not walking into Starbucks today in the U.S. in the numbers that the, the company needs, but they are uh, picking up, uh, making mobile orders. Starbucks is, is vastly enhancing uh, the sales that it makes uh, mobile and increasing its drive-through and the competition in the you know mom and pop boutique coffee places is suffering more than Starbucks is right now. So I think that the uh, long term for Starbucks is not uh, derailed terribly much. Bill Barker, always good talking to you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about on The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.